she saw the checks where like Publix or Winn Dixie paid Kellogg's for their supply of 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 cereal. So can you imagine the size of those checks? I don't know. Talking a couple hundred thousand, million, millions, like millions, seven, eight million dollars. And and this was back when they were paying in checks. Right. So. Hey, this is Matt Cox and this is a podcast and uh, or the true crime podcast with Zach with Zach. Yes. And we're going to be going over. And I, you notice I did not talk in the mic. Doesn't matter. Um, nobody expects professionalism from me. Uh, absolutely. So not, not even me. <laughs> so I, we are going to be going over questions that were asked by viewers. Um, some of the questions are for Zach and some of the questions are for me and some are for both actually. Some are for both. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Well, you, are you ready? You ready? You ready I'm ready. This? All right. So apple shampoo, which is one of my favorite flavors. You you said you want to turn some of your stories into movies. Who is your dream film director to be able to work with? Man, you know, who did, you know, it's who, I mean, I, I have a few and I don't know any of their names, but um, you know who, uh, so hold on. Who directed Matchstick Men? Great movie. Um, so, so Casey. Oh, oh. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Of course, you're never going to work with. I mean, who, I'm, I'm never going to work with Ridley. Scott. <laughs> Something's gone drastically wrong in yeah, the universe. Rid, Rid, Ridley, he's he's more of the real intense murder type. Yeah, he but he did Matchstick Men, you know, or you could you, you know then Martin, you know, Sor, uh, Scors- Sor- yeah. Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, and you know that sort of thing. But I mean, you know, but who's my? You know, obviously those would be amazing, but you know, I'm thinking Tarantino. Oh, you know Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yes. Let some of my stories. Especially, like, he could start it from the back and work it to the beginning. When you listen. <laughs> no, not, not me. They're talking about, I don't think they're just talking about my stories. I mean, oh. in general, like, some of my true crime stories. Right. Listen, I've got some Scorsese stories. Like, I've got some insane, like, that's so out there stories. He would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. Does he do true crime, though? Like, he was, like, pulp Scorsese or, no, no. or Tarantino. Quinn Tarantino. Oh yeah, no, no, no. He he pretty much writes. Yes, he pretty much writes. He he loves crime. He pretty much writes his own stuff anyway. You know, it's all his creativity. What's in his mind? Like he kind of goes whatever he sees. But I think he'd be great to add the music and the flavor. Would be great is uh. So did did you ever see Argo, the movie Argo? No. You probably okay. So it was about the Iran about the Iranian hostages. I still didn't see that. I didn't. That was a great movie. So that was written by it was it was a story that was in Wired magazine called The Great Escape, and it was written by, um, gosh, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Anyway, he he actually has a, a website called uh, Epic Magazine. It's a. Uh, it's not Kevin Paulson. Might be Kevin Paulson. It's not Kevin Paulson. Anyway, the point is, is that he wrote the article. Article got picked up. It got bought by Matt Damon. So it was optioned by Matt Damon's production company. Then Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, is it Affleck? Affleck. Affleck came to Matt Damon. He's like, look, they were talking. He's like, I want to do that film. And he's like, look, I don't have time to do it. I'd love to do it. I optioned it. Do you want to take the option? He goes, yeah. He took it and then he turned it into the movie Argo. Great movie. I gotta check that out. I can't believe I can't remember. 
the guy's name who who runs uh, Epic Magazine. I mean, I, I got a buddy who uh, actually knows him. Right. You, you know, we're, we're, we're podcasting now. You're, you're I know, mumbling. I know, right, right, yeah. well, come, come back. Nice. Come back. How about the next? Next question is from Austin Navarro. Beerman. Joshua Beerman. Sorry. He's a writer. Go ahead. All right. He wrote. He wrote. Sorry, sorry, Austin. Sorry. He's not. He's not. All right. Out of curiosity, when you first started doing somewhat shady or illegal things, not the paperwork for the mortgage files, but physically going into bank branches and stuff like that. How did you feel on the inside, outside the first few times? I mean, it's Florida, so on the outside I was warm. It was hot and muggy. <laughs> My shirt was sticking to me because it does inside the house. It practically sticks to you. It's so fucking yeah. human. Anyway, um, so I think I actually answered this in the comments to him, uh, to, is it Austin? Yeah. Okay, so, and actually I talk about this in my book. I think Colby should put my book up right here. Just a picture of the book right here. Anyway, which you can buy on Amazon. It's called Shark in the Housing Pool. I actually talk about that the first time I went into a bank. And I talk about how I went in multiple times. This is how bad it was. I went into the bank to open up a bank account with a fake ID. And I don't mean a fake ID like I got it from some Russian website and it actually looks pretty good. I mean, I made it myself. I actually took my real driver's license, sanded off the information, but managed to leave most of the hologram on there. Took a piece of transparency, printed the new information of the fake person I was going in as. I forget who what his name was. I think it was Joel Cologne, now that I think about it. So I actually did that in reverse. Then I glued the piece of laminate over it, trimmed it out, buffed it up a little bit, buffed the sides, and literally it was it looked solid but it wouldn't pass anything. Like I can't imagine it would pass. It looked pretty good. And I actually went in the bank. I talk about why I went in the bank. Let me talk about just sick to your stomach. I mean, terrified on Xanax. Like when that's literally like, boom, like I'm on Paxil, I'm on Xanax. I'm so flipped out. So, but I walk in there and I, I sat down. The worst thing you ever want to happen happened. The, after I walk in and they're like, oh, which, which checking account would you like? I was like, oh, you know, the, the gold, the silver, the, you know, oh, I'll take the gold, you know. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and I give her a lot, you know, then she's doing the thing. She runs, runs, takes my license, puts it on her little, puts it on her little uh, keyboard and goes, oh, okay, uh, Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Cologne, okay, uh, how are you? Do you work around here? Okay. She's typing <laughs> away and all of a sudden she goes, hmm, hmm, that's strange. Bro, the overwhelming sense of anxiety that hit me, it was like heat. It was like a a blow dryer shot from my knees up through my chest. And I swear I immediately started sweating. Like I felt like I was sweating. Now, I didn't freak out or anything. I mean, I remember there was outside. Oh, yeah. I think I felt okay outside. Like I looked okay. But I mean, inside I was like, boom, 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 boom. It was horrible. Horrible. Picture the scream. There was a cop. There's a, there's, they had a, a like an off-duty cop that's actually in his uniform, but he was in the. I mean, all I could think about was like, how can I bolt? How can, can I get out of here? Like, like I'm like all these things are running through my head. Like, how, where where am I going to go? Like, my car's in the parking lot. Like, that was stupid. What were you thinking? Like all these things, you're sitting there going, oh, okay. And she went, huh? Picked up the license, looked at it, looked at me. And held it up to the light, like to the reflection, and went and twisted it. And I, 
<laughs> What's happening? I was just like, <laughs> I was like, this is the worst thing ever. Were you talking? Did you say no, anything? No, I'm sitting there like, looking at her like, gee, that's, why are you, why is she doing that? Like, I'm talking to myself, but kind of like, I'm, I'm not saying anything to her, but I'm going, huh. Like, I'm looking like at her and she goes, hold on one second. Gets up and Yikes. walks off. I mean, <laughs> motherfucker. Walks over to the manager, goes into her office. She comes out. They come out. She walks over. They're standing in front of this woman's cubicle or whatever it is. She's standing there. She's like, really? Huh. They both look over at me. Then she hands her the ID. The, the bank manager, whoever she was talking to, holds it up, looks for the reflection, tilts it a little bit, you know, does the little and goes, looks over at me again, says something, hands her the ID back. She comes walking, so whatever her name is, Mary or whoever her name, comes walking back over, sits down, puts the puts the card back on her little on, on her on her little yeah her little um, keyboard and goes okay and so and I go is everything okay? Of course I'm like <gasps> I'm, and I'm I'm thinking like are the cops coming? You know is are they gonna put me in a prison where my mom can come visit? Like I mean what's we'll, 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 am I gonna have a, a am I gonna have a, a, a a celly named Bubba who thinks I have pretty lips. I mean, what's happening here? Like, what's going on? So anyway, she, uh, she goes, and I said, hey, I said, everything okay? She goes, yeah, it's just strange. I ran you through check systems and there's no, she said, there's, there's no history of you ever having been run through check systems and I've never seen that before. Now, of course, what she didn't say, which I obviously know is, and I thought possibly you were using a fake ID and trying to get us to own, open a bank account. She didn't say that, but like everything you just said, makes sense but the id so her of course leap was fraud right she didn't say that she said so i just thought it was weird you know that doesn't explain why you took my id you know it does but she didn't say that why she didn't say so i made the leap that maybe you were committing fraud anyway so she sat there and she typed it up and she's like okay how much would you like to start the uh, the account with I'm like, it's $500 and gave her 500 bucks and she opened the thing and did the thing, came back and what kind of checks do you want and give me the basics. And I left, I walked out and I was like, holy Jesus. So I opened another bank account and I remember this one. There's a bank called Bank of Atlantic and I opened a bank account with Bank of Atlantic and that was a guy named Lee Black. I opened that account. It's funny because like in the book, like I'll mention a guy's name and then you never really hear about him again. Right. You know, so like there's a whole line of fraud that I never talk about because <laughs> like there's all this other stuff I didn't mention because they didn't really further the story. But yeah, Lee Black, I remember I mentioned where he's, it was, it was the exact same routine, but it was a guy. Right. He came in. I really only had one bank account ever shut down. Like really? after I did like Lee Black, I was so confident, like I had done maybe a couple others. So now I've done two or three. Right. And I was so overly competent or confident. I walked into a bank one time and instead of opening the account with like $300, $200, I walked in, gave the guy the thing. He looked at it, came back. He goes, huh, that's funny. It's, it says this, it says that. Oh, and he like looked at the thing. It was like, that's fun. And he just kept going. He didn't get up and do anything. He just kind of looked at it and was like, do you have your social security card? I was like, yeah, I do. And I gave him that. And he looked at it. He was like, okay. And he just went ahead and kept going. Right. Opened the account. And I opened the account, I'll never forget, with $1,000. That's how confident you were. Right. But here's the problem. The problem is that like three or four days later, he called the phone 
the the cell phone, the drop phone I was using. Yes. Or the burn phone, whatever you want to call them. He called it and left a message. I called him back. I said, yeah, what's going on? He said, yeah, we're going to have to close your account. I was like, really? He said, yeah, it's just, there's, there's several problems. I, I really don't want to get into them, but there's several issues. So I said, okay, well, when can I come get the, can I come get my uh, money? My money. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. We mailed it to the address you gave us. <laughs> so he mailed a check. For a $1,000. For $1,000. That, of course, you know I can never cash. Like, I can't cash that check because what if, you know, there's the very good, there's a very good chance that not only did he realize something's wrong, but he also realized, maybe he contacted the authorities. Right. Maybe he, who knows? So that's almost the same scenario when someone catches you and they, or they call you up and they go, hey, uh, yeah, can you come on into the bank? Uh, I need you to go ahead and sign. I forgot to have you sign something. Like, I'm never going back in that bank. <laughs> no. So um, like this guy, Doug Dodd, I knew like they were shipping packages. And one day they get a call from like the U.S. Postal Post guy. He's like, yeah, can you come in? And uh, I have a, I need you to come in and sign something. Or go, sign for a packet. Same thing with Boziak. That's how Boziak got caught. The guy, this guy? Yes. That's how he got caught. The, the, the old man opened up a package at the UPS store, opened it up and then called him and said, Hey, you have a package here to pick up. Well, so he walks in, the secret service is there waiting for him. (laughs) So I mean, anytime you get called to come back and sign, (laughs) just walk away. It's over. It's over. It's not worth it. So same thing, that thousand dollar check gone, a grand gone. I could use that grand right now. I mean, I understood. understood. (laughs) Wish you get it back. Um, For, for me, it's, it's a, a little bit different. Like the first time, I did that. I did have a, a, a fake ID. I was buying them from a, a, a like a street vendor of fake IDs and um, like understanding banking a little bit, I guess better than you. I knew that the driver's license number and the social security number, all that information has to match because they, they do like a DMV check just to verify. Right. Mine the, did, but he'd never been through a bank account. There was no inquiry. It was, they, she, they felt it was weird. Like there's no inquiry. It's, it, it checked out, but there's, it's like when, if you're 35 years old and they, somebody pulls your credit and goes, you've never had your credit pulled. Like, right. that's weird. And it's, every time they were like, so then they look at the ID and it was questionable. Yeah. It's a questionable ID. I mean, right. I never had it not pass. But trust me, it was questionable. But anyway, go ahead. So, <laughs> all right. So, I went in there with a, a, a like you had a good idea. You well, had a good ID. Good ID. Well, the information was good. Right. So I wasn't going to ever get the. Hmm. That's interesting. That's weird. Well, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're. <laughs> but the but the strangest. It's just thing, a real person though, too. Right. It's a real person. Okay. So we put it together. The strangest thing that ever happened is like I went in there with a, a guy that I had convinced. Like, hey, this is work. You seen me do one the other day. I did one. This is absolutely going to work. So we go in and we sit down with a with with one of the bankers, and and it's it's a guy, a guy, a gay guy, sweet as candy, and he, hey. he yeah, yeah, hey. So he he looked at the ID one time. So we go in and he's typing it up. You know, he's asking us questions. He gets the ID and he holds it up and he looks. Then he puts it back down and he like, what kind of account do you want? Give me the information. He puts the information in and he goes in and he's all right, well, let me go get the paperwork and process everything. So he steps out to get the paperwork and we're in there talking like, Ooh, this is easy. This is good. He's gone for a, a good minute, not a super good minute. Like, like some people have left and they've been gone so long. I'm like, look, I'm leaving. I don't know what the hell or where they're right. at. You know what I'm saying? I'm gone. 
But he was gone for a good minute, but not a intimidating minute. So he comes back, gets the ID, gets the paperwork. He goes through, gives us the checking paper and all the information, gives us the ID back and said, okay, your account's open. I went ahead and put your money in the account, $100, and the account's open so you'll be able to access it online. Everything's good. And that police officer will be waiting on you when you get ready to leave. And we're like, our heads whip around with noise like, like we're going, when did you know? Right. (laughs) And so did you just steal a hundred dollars from me? Like I'm going to get arrested. You just, your account is open, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You'll never be able to access it. But I, yes, yes. Swear to God. Like we're in the police car. You know, to be honest, when did he, like that's a banker. That's a, that's a, sol- that's a solid, like, like the, I, I shouldn't be shocked. You shouldn't like, be that's, shocked. Yeah. That's oh, a he's, oh, he was like, we're in the car going like, where did that come from? You got, where gone. did that come from? You got the police gone. at the door. Like you don't even like, you might've seen him come in like, Oh, there's a cop there. Anyway, all right, here you go. And that cop's going to want to talk to you. Cause he was so leave. smooth about it. He was incredibly, incredibly smooth about it. Yes. I hate that. <laughs> He doesn't like I have telltale signs for when stuff like that goes on. Like I I watch their hands because once they realize that they are in the midst of whatever setting you up or in the crime, they get they get they, nervous. They get a they little get, nervous. They, well, they get a lot of anxiety. So their hands shake because that's a natural reflex. He had none of that. He was absolutely professional at all times. He's a great guy. <laughs> if you're watching, hats off. Hey, wait, didn't your. Dumb- this is gonna spark something, bro. Listen. Don't do, do, do not spark anything because I'm still I still got burns from the last spark. Do you do you know anybody else that's ever walked into a bank and actually and gotten an ID like that wasn't even like like you had the Oh, no, no, not a bank, but went and got an actual driver's license or an ID from the DMV. Do you know anybody that's ever done that, that literally had a, a provided a birth certificate and they were the wrong uh, race. race? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to tell that story? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> look at him. Look at him. Well, I don't, you I can don't know say that, no. You I, can say no. I don't even know if that's a story. That just goes to show you that our civil servants aren't very attentive. That's not actually a story. It's funny, though. It, 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 it is. It, it is. It, it, to me, it's what's hilarious about it is. What is what is what is it? What's hilarious about that story is I'm there during that whole process. So we're requesting the information and they bring it. OK, we need you to sign here and such and such. And the person actually grabs it. And we leave and they act like they're mad. It's like, it's, it's like, first of all, we had to wait 10 minutes. And then she gives me this thing that's, that says, that says I'm black when clearly I'm white. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like the perpetrator is upset. It's like she doesn't even do her job. Like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how crappy she is <laughs> to give upset. me that. I mean, she, she sucks. <laughs> Like I could rip her off days and then. I always say this like, when I would make a fake birth certificate and I would go into the DMV and get them to issue me like an ID. So I, I remember when, like, listen, I, I slaved over these things. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm baking them so the paper's crispy. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm putting, splashing coffee on them. I'm folding them up five times. I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm misting them. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I got bleed through uh, of the letters, everything. Seals, they're perfect. 
And then you get to the DMV and I'm like, this thing is amazing looking. You get to the DMV and they go, okay, you got this, you got this. This is your birth certificate. Okay, that's fine. And it's almost like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, you look at this. Yeah. You admire, like they just dis- discarded it. Like, Amen. Do you have any idea? Like that's it? That was that <laughs> cursory, it, you rub the seal and it's fine? This is a fucking work at a art. Yes. What are you talking about? It's it's. Look at the bleed through on the back from I mean, the from the security code. Like, dude, I've looked at this for hours. Yeah, this is. You have no right, right, to ignore my work. I mean, it's 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 upsetting. It, it is. It is. It's a good kind of upsetting though, because the, <laughs> the bad kind is is the is the. Okay, that police officer will be waiting for you over there when you leave. <laughs> Here's everything you asked for, and a trip to jail. Yeah, you're talking to. <laughs> Can we get coffee? Yeah. No, just. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay, so what's the next one? All right, next question is for me. We'll never get oh, no. through this. This is going to be an hour. What is Zach's relationship with friends and family now that he's a free man? Have people stopped talking to him? You, no. Towards the end, you were pretty much surrounded by nothing but criminals anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Towards the end. So, and, and criminals, like people who've been arrested or people who've been around or related to people who have been arrested have no opinion about the criminal justice system. It seems like it's like a an everyday part of life, right. like grocery shopping. Now, some there, America locks up so many people that it's no longer a taboo to have been to prison or been arrested. That's just how many people get locked up. So some people still have an opinion, but most of them, like I'd say about 80% of the population now is like, like if if you're under thirty or thirty or under, absolutely, like arrest is a everyday part of life. Well, so they what? get arrested protesting. Like the, the younger people now protest all day. They're out there marching and they get arrested and let go, arrested and like so. It's I'm, like it's, a badge of honor. Yeah, it but, is. It is. But it's, it's different. I have a different perspective. Like I, I have a different, like a different um, experience with that. Like I think that upper middle class white people. It's a taboo. Like, you know, you're, you know, like for my sister, who's, you know, an upper middle class, you know, suburban mom and her husband's a a prominent attorney. And, you know, I have friends that are were, you know, CPAs and, you know, they're lawyers, CPAs, you know, doctors, dentists, like they don't want anything to do with you. But I had a vastly different group of friends because I had a group of friends. I had my closer friends who were involved with me, they know. Like they're doing little shady stuff, but it's like if you're an appraiser and you're doing little stuff on the side for me, you still have the, the, the perception that you're a legitimate person. You know, and I had a, a, a friend that was, one, it was a CPA, I had another person that was a, they owned a, an insurance company and they also did taxes. So this is a legitimate woman who's got a, a husband, a child, and She's doing fake taxes for people that don't exist, you know, 1040s, two, two years, 1040s, plus a, a profit and loss statement. Wow. Every single, I mean, she's doing five, six, seven, maybe 10 for me every month, every single month. Wow. And she's doing them. Keep in mind, this is the same kind of kind of person that they vote. They, they go to the PTA. They go to all the soccer games. If somebody's child gets arrested, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't. He did that? Oh, that's horrible. You know, well, you're committing fraud every single day just because you never got indicted. But those, a lot of those people, the legitimate people, so some people were next to me and they knew what was going on. 
other people were outside of that, like my sister, my brother, my other sister, you know, people that had legitimate people, like they're like completely like they don't say my brother's in prison. They're like ignore the whole thing. Like they don't want to know about it. They don't want to be associated with it at all. They're embarrassed. They don't want to come see me in prison. I'm not going to go up to a prison. I have to wait in line and be around prisoners and be, it's like, well, yeah. So it's like, no, that's not happening. Um, and then you have other people that were close to me that came to see me in prison. Like I had my f- close friends that, you know, drove from Atlanta, Georgia to come see me, you know, several times uh, people came from Tampa to see me. Um, you know, your mother's going to come see you no matter what. Right. You, know, you could run over a busload of children and she'd be like, oh, he's really a nice boy. He didn't see him. Um, <laughs> Unless they tell the cameras, but yes. You know, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, um, but I also, here's the, the funny thing. So the core members of the group when I was in Tampa, not when I was on the run, but when I was in Tampa that were committing fraud with me that were listed on my indictment but were never prosecuted. So there's a guy named uh, Rudy Arnotts who was listed on my indictment but never prosecuted. There's another chick named Kelly Bailey. Like these are all people in Tampa that are legit people. Like people look up to them like they're a successful realtor, successful broker, successful real estate investor. Like literally when I see them, I saw Kelly Bailey one time, right? So I'm right. with this guy, Eddie Sorales. We're walking. We, we're walking out of some, he was doing this some seminar. Your recent release? Recently. Oh, this was a year ago. Okay. So just before COVID. So I had gone to, Eddie Sorales does like a, a, a training seminar. And I went to the seminar and was listening to him and him talk and do this training seminar. And I'm leaving. And as I'm walking out, I see this woman, Kelly Bailey. And she sees me and we stop and I go, Kelly. I said, what's going on? And she looks at me and she goes, like, she doesn't recognize me. And Eddie goes, you don't, you don't know who this is? He goes, it's Matt. And she went, oh, <laughs> um, I said, I know you thought I was in prison. I said, I just got out like that. I said, I said, they, they messed up. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like laughing and I'm thinking she's going, we were friends. We were close friends. And here's the beautiful part about it is that I'm looking at her and she's so overwhelmingly just disgusted by me. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, oh, you think you're a legitimate person because you didn't go to prison. Like I didn't say this, but I'm thinking, oh, you're one of those people that, keep in mind, I can't tell you, probably close to a million dollars in fraudulent loans that I provided for Kelly Bailey, where she didn't qualify, where she's going to closing with $30,000 $30,000 and she's walking away with a hundred and something thousand. I mean, that's a cashback scheme. Plus, yes. plus your, your employment is faked. You know, your, you, you, the, the property is horrible. Like the property doesn't, it doesn't qualify that the appraisals fake all of which, you know, you know, or the property's gutted inside and I get the appraiser to say that the property's in perfect condition and get show pictures of another property to get you the loan and get you the money back to rehab. I mean, it's fraud from A to Z. The only thing that existed that was true was she actually showed up and signed. Like everything, the the employment's fake, everything's fake. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, because you bought all these properties 
And because you never got indicted, you think you're a legit person. You've, you've got everybody so fooled, you fooled yourself. Yes. Like you're believing your own press. And I, and I oh, listen, I almost wanted to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know who you look at. Like I almost dove down that and I just looked at it and I went, well, you know what? I hope you're doing great. Uh, and I just went ahead and did the whole thing and I'm looking at her, but I mean, deep down and she had to know. Like I remember. This, yeah. I remember. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. It's like, remember the time you I walked know away with, you are. remember the time you walked away with a hundred thousand dollars. Remember that time you walked away with 150. Remember that time you walked away with 40,000 or 60. Remember that time that, I mean, there's just left and right. There was just one after another, you know, all those real estate, all that stuff that your houses, you were flipping all fraud, like all of us fraud. But yeah, same thing. So that was one. Another one was a guy named Rudy Arnotts, who's a realtor in Tampa. Yeah. So <laughs> this is funny. I went to the halfway house. So I'm in the halfway house. And as soon as I get to the halfway house, right? Like I'm looking people up. I'm looking up, you know, Allison. I'm looking up so-and-so. I'm friending people. I figure out how Facebook works because I've never been on Facebook. Right. They didn't have iPhones when I went in. <laughs> so I'm looking at all the stuff and oh, this is cool. Oh, hey, look, it's Allison. Let me say, oh, hey, who's. So all of a sudden I'm like, oh, but there's Rudy. Rudy Arnotts, which Rudy was my, Rudy was my cut partner. Right. You know, like, like we get a hundred grand, like Rudy gets 25, he gets 25, I get 25. This guy, like, we're all cutting it up. Whether you are involved in it or not. Absolutely. We're doing good. Now he was, he was, no. He was involved. So I mean, so I, I go and I message him. Bro, what's going on? I'm in the halfway house. I just got out. You know, he hit, hit me up. Here's my phone number. Uh, man, uh, you know, uh, we got to get together. I'd love to talk to you, catch up, see how, see how's everything, how everything's going. Definitely give me, let me know what's going on. Call me. Right. So like the next day, Allison calls me. She goes, hey. I said, hey, what's going on? She goes, um, so you messaged Rudy, huh? And I go, you, like Allison lives like five states away. She lives in one of those square states uh, in the middle of the country somewhere, you know? <laughs> I was educated in Florida. I can't tell you the name of it. And it's one of them. So Nebraska. she, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. So uh, um, she's like, yeah. So yeah, you contacted him. And Allison went to prison. So Allison, who went to prison in the scam, Talks to me. No problem. Totally like accepting of everything. Um, Rudy, who never should have gone to prison for millions and millions. His count should almost be the same as mine. His money count should be the same because he's involved in every transaction. He's the one acquiring the properties, writing the contracts. I mean, he's doing every, all, he's involved in every aspect, just like me. So he ends up saying, so he after he got my message, he contacted a mutual friend of ours uh, by the name of Jason. Jason turned around and contacted Allison, to, told Allison, you need to call Matt, because Rudy said, let Matt know that, um, let Matt know that if he ever contacts me again, I'm going to have his probation revoked and have him thrown back in prison. Tell him I said I contact my lawyer and tell him that my lawyer said what? that he I know it's that my lawyer said he is not allowed to contact me and he will contact he will call my probation your probation officer and have you thrown back in prison 
first of all, I'm already I'm in the halfway house. I'm still in prison. I don't have a half. I don't have a a, a, a probation officer at this time. I haven't met with any. So. I immediately, she's like, yeah, so don't contact him again. I mean, you know, I said, no, I understand. I I got right back on messenger and I said, when did you become such a bitch? And I immediately (laughs) was like, I don't know what you think. I reached out to you because we were friends at one time. You know, don't think for one second that, you know, you weren't 100 as guilty as I was in this fraud. And I like lay out. I said, bro, you were on my indictment just because they screwed up and didn't send you to prison doesn't mean that you're not a criminal. I was like, I was like, you pussy. I mean, I just went, I went in hard. I said, and as far as your lawyer's concerned, I said, by all means, forward this to your attorney and have him send it. I said, I'll, I said, I'll talk to whoever the fuck I want to talk to. Do you understand? And send it to him. Because of course the truth is you can't throw me back in jail for talking to somebody. This is like the talking to the guy that works at, you know, Mel's hot dogs. If you ever talk to me again, I'm going to call your probation officer. Call him. Yeah. Who are you? You're nobody. Let me dial the number. Yeah. yeah. Get, get the talk. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've got, a, you've got a, a false sense of importance. So, so I did that and he came back again. You let him know. Listen, this is a guy who like did like cage fighting. Like he was into Taekwondo and martial arts. This guy actually went telling me about. Yes. Super. This is a guy from Belgium. Super fit. He was a short Italian guy. Well, he's like actually like 5'10". Like he'd beat the brakes off me. But still, matter of fact, there's a video of him on YouTube interviewing the guy that like some guy that has something to do with Lamborghinis. Like he loves Lamborghinis. He's actually on YouTube. You should check out, you should check out his channel. You can leave a message for him. Um, So yeah, he, uh, he's just, you know, what a, what a jerk off. Like some people, like they just, they're delusional. It's like, you're delusional. Like I just wanted to catch up and be like, Hey bro, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm trying to be a jerk to you. Yeah. You made me be a jerk to you. You made me be a jerk to you, Rudy. Stop making him be a jerk. (laughs) Bring out the nice man. Yeah. God, I just wanted to have lunch and catch up. Oh, you know what's so funny, too? This is a guy that always, I love this. I hope he sees this. This is a guy that always refers to himself as a developer. Like his business card says developer. He's never, you're a realtor. You've never developed anything in your life. Stop introducing yourself to people. Like, hey, I'm, what do you do? I'm a developer. No, you're not. You open doors for a Well, living. he's developing, developing. I mean, yeah, he's working on the yeah, that's process right. he's, he's, of he's, being a, a developer. developer. He's developing a developer position. Yeah, well, in that case, I'm a, I, in that case, I'm a producer. There you go. Yeah, there I'm a producer. Go. I'm a producer. <laughs> what have you produced? Well, just baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. All right, this one's for me. So I get to talk. That's Thank fine. you. All right, no, good, good, good. I'm gonna go. Zach, when you were doing the rental car scam, did anyone ever go and return a car that was wrecked? <laughs> that was wrecked <laughs> and you were on the hook? I know you mentioned usually they didn't bring them back. Yeah, but you didn't matter- buy them in your, you weren't doing them in your name though. Well, so. um, I, I, I signed them up under company and corporations names and I would sign up for the corporate logo so like they would refer to me so yes i had people bring so you open corporations in your name you open no, a corporation no no, oh, okay. no it wasn't in my name but it's just i open corporations in names okay <laughs> and all right so yes they brought the car back wrecked 
Sometimes they told me, sometimes they didn't. So the rental car company one time would call me up. I have a story for both. So one time that they brought it back wrecked that they didn't tell me, the rental car company calls me up and says, hey, um, what happened to our car? I'm like, what do you mean? We turned it in. He's like, no. (laughs) Yeah, you turned it in. Parts of it. (laughs) You turned it in, but you know, the bumper, the front bumper is kind of hanging and dragging. You know what I'm saying? Um, the, 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 and this is a, a car that you got. So if nobody watched it, this is a car that you rented in the name of a corporation. And right. then you gave it to like a drug dealer who gave right. you cash. And then yes. he drove it around for two weeks and was supposed to return it. And when exactly. he returned it, it's, it's it, wrecked. It, it's, it's wrecked. It's wrecked. So they're calling me. What happened? So when I call this guy up, he's like, what? I have no idea what they're talking about. That's amazing. You know, these people lie. I'm like, why would someone call and all right, Stop. You're, you're, you know, you're, people you're off are the hook. such you're, you're off the hook. Yeah, oh, don't worry about it. All right. And one time, <laughs> well, it's, it's a couple of instances that comes to mind. But one time they call me up and the car is teetering on. It's like, OK, listen, we're abandoned. They, they call me and say, we're abandoning the rental car. We're walking down the highway right now. I'm like, you're abandoning the rental? What, are you leaving it? Yeah, yeah, we're not going back. See if you can book us another rental car. I'm like, okay, well, what happened? We're like, what, they're like, can you give me a breakdown of what's going on? Well, the rental car is actually dangling off an overpass where like they, they swerved because they were either drinking or they were driving the wrong way down the, the, the overpass and they tried to get back where they were supposed to go. And now it's dangling off the middle. And somehow they managed to get out. And it's like, okay, let's go. Should we call somebody? Ah, uh, let's call Zach. <laughs> Let him know that we're leaving the car and our belongings. Can you call him and get our stuff back? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let me let me. When run. it hits the ground, they'll, they'll return it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that, those are incidents where yes, they've returned a rental car wrecked or damaged or stolen without actually giving any type of long explanation about what happened. Uh, thank you. I hope that answers. And you question. deal with criminals. Yes, they're not. They're they, irresponsible. They, they are irresponsible. <laughs> All right, it says, were you ever on American Greed or something similar? I'd like to see that episode. Uh, no. Talking to Matt? No, no I was no, not. No. Soon, though. Soon. <laughs> we're working on it. Working on it. Put me on American Greed. Does, they canceled it. They canceled them? They canceled yeah, they it did. Like two years, a couple years ago. They did. But yeah. they have something similar well, now. They're always going to have. They're always going to have. There's always going to be three or four of those shows you know, constantly going. There's a thousand channels. Yeah. Like um, um, the court TV. I think they have something like that. Talking yeah. about um, well, Vi- Vice does them. Uh, there's whatever happened to um, the best version I've ever seen of the of the doc that's repetitive of the documentary reenactment is uh, locked up abroad. Like you ever see locked up yes, abroad? Those were great. They really did a great job. Of doing those. Were those reenactments? Those weren't actually. Yeah, no, they always had reenactments. They do the interview cut with the, the reenactment of the act oh, of, yeah, they, yeah. of the crime. They had the well, reenactment of the crime. Well, they would do the crime and the guy in prison, too, because a lot of times it happened and stuff happened in some That's of these right. guys' things. Right. Almost the whole thing happens in prison. Yeah. Like some of them, almost the whole thing is the crime. Then I got arrested and I did three months and I got out. Yes, Other is, guys, it's like I got arrested and the rest of the whole thing. And I did 10 years in a. Spanish prison or something you're like or French prison or whatever 10 years in our prison is unbelievable all right it says does a com does a common 
con man. They put it together, kind of threw me off. Does a con man ever work with another con man or are they just two egomaniacs to share the leadership? It's definitely it, you. It's definitely you. This, this is, is definitely this you. A you a question. This is, this is a you question. So I would say yes. And if you partner, if a con man partners up with another con man, it's generally to perform a task or a uh, or a job to go to like um, Ocean's Seven or Ocean Eleven. Which Ocean one is Eleven. Ocean Eleven. It's kind of <laughs> like that because all of those guys were leaders. They're they're people who have certain expertise. So if you work with another con man, you're basically bringing them in to get them to accomplish something that you yourself can't accomplish. So you basically partner up with that person to share the proceeds. So you both kind of have a common goal. When you're going into work together, you're probably not lining up to continue to work together, but you're probably like getting together to pull off something to get a certain amount of money and then maybe breaking it off. Generally, if, if, if I were to team up with Matt, like I would probably be learning what he does and going, OK, I got it. I'll see you later. I think I can do this myself. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, OK, thank you. I got some information from you. I'll see you later. Yeah. I think I can do what you do myself. And we would probably just split. Even though we would talk, we would split split off and just probably done. This is back in our day, though. Probably done our own thing. You know I, I was saying we used to always say when we were locked up, like like we had two different. And when we go over your your story, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go over this, but it was, we always had two, we talked about it all the time. Like we had two different problems. And the problem was my problem was like, yeah, I can get a couple million dollars in the bank, but my biggest problem was like, it, it was, that was, I have that part down, like the borrowing, the funds, doing this, doing that, getting the money in the bank. My big problem was getting the money out of the bank. Right. And then your problem was always finding a bank account with the money in it your expertise was getting the money out of the bank. Like yes. it wasn't hard for you to get the money out of the bank. Right. It was easy for me to get it in. It was hard to get it out. It was hard for you to get it in. It was easy to get it out. So it was right. like, to, so we were coming at, we, you know, and we used to always joke around that it was like, we, we just got together. <laughs> before yeah. where, where oh, we were. I can't tell you. Before, how, the, before the Coleman Chow Hall. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can't tell you how, how many times I left, like left, like I left $750,000 in the bank one time. Wow! Because they should, I couldn't get it out before the before the scam kind of unraveled, and and but I had I had a month to six weeks to get it out. Like you could get that money out within yes. a few within a week, a couple of days. Yes. But me, I was slowly. I couldn't think of any. I didn't know anything. I didn't know other criminals or con men that that was their expertise. To me, how do you get the money out in cash? You go get the money out in cash. Like there was no there was no Bitcoin. There was no. There was no, like, I didn't know you could buy gold or buy diamonds or buy, I didn't know you could, I didn't know anybody like that. Mine was the, remember mine was the prepays. Right. But I didn't, didn't think about any of that thing that, and also I didn't think, always felt like I had plenty of time. You know, what's so funny. There was a guy named, this is funny. The guy's name was Killian. Killian was, I remember you telling me yeah, that. yeah. Killian was with the, uh, um, the Romanian mob and he, he in, and he was in, uh, did we talk about this on the podcast? And which one? I don't remember it. Okay. So he, um, Killian was in, he was actually at the low. And he, what he got caught for, I mean, he started at the medium, but what he got caught for was he was like in New York or something. Somebody had borrowed money from his boss and they hadn't paid it. It was like $100,000. And so they kidnapped the guy, duct taped him to a chair and took a cattle prod to him, to his <laughs> nuts, to his, you know, to his delicates. 
And so they, and I was like, Jesus, bro. And it was a big guy. And, and he was like, and he was like, what? I was like, bro, I said, I mean, I go, did he come up with the money? And he goes, no, he came up with the money. Of course he came up with the money. And I went, yeah, but what if, what if he didn't? He goes, they always come up with the money. And I go, what do you mean always? This was just the one time, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, it was just the one time. I remember like, but he and I had talked and I remember he talked, he said, listen, you get out, you ever have a problem like you had before, like get pulling the money out of the bank. You want it out right away? I was like, of course, that's like, he's like, how much money you get in the bank? I said, if I really made an effort, like I could get two or $3 million in a bank account within a week, you know, three or four different accounts, five accounts and boom, 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 3 million. Like I said, I could set that whole up thing up in a month, right. get it done. And he goes, and I said, the problem is it takes me a month or two to get the money out. <laughs> and he was like, yes. yeah. So here's, here's what you, he said. Here's what you do. Next time you call me, he said, because I'll contact the, the Russian mob in, 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 uh, in um, Romania, he said, and they'll go to the bank and they'll have a bank in Romania. You'll wire it to the bank. They'll put it all in cash. He said, they'll hire the cops to escort you to another bank. He goes down the street where you can deposit all the money and then they'll wire it wherever you want in the world. He said, it's completely washed. And I was just like, are you, he goes, well, he goes, now the one bank's going to take 3%. The other bank's going to take 3%. So you're going to lose six, maybe even eight, maybe 2% of them all. I go, nah, bro, they'll just take the money from me. He goes, exactly. Well, and that's what I said. And he, he goes, no, they won't. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, they won't do that because nobody will ever use it. He said, look, he goes, the mob in Romania is a business. He goes, they want you to come back. They want you to tell your friends. They want everybody to know. He said, and they're not getting arrested because they pay off the government. He said, they, everybody, he said, it's all one big, he said, the, the government's run by one mob. The mob is run by this one. The, the, the banks are run by another mob because they're all working together. Right. And I was just like, man, like, like I would be scared of like, they'll just take the money and kill me. He's like, nah, he said, it's not like that. He said, it's not. I was the like. Reputation. You know, that's, that's true of this. Um, I forgot the name of this hacking group that, 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 that um, anonymous 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 is something else called something evil or something. Uh, anyway, but they, once you pay the ransom, they release your information. A ransomware or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, once you pay it, they release it. Right, because they, they want it known. Yeah, that they'll release the information. So right. they, that's a huge temptation to pay it. Right. It was the same it's, thing Bozak was saying. Like, I was like, well, what if you buy the, what if some, when he was doing the online forums, I was like, well, if somebody, what if somebody gives you the money? Or you pay and they don't send you the stuff. He said, then you complain and they kick them off the site. He has looked, he said, these guys are making so much money. Like you don't want a bad review. He goes, it's set up like a business. He's like, you can get someone, you can get a vendor kicked off because they gave you bad product or they'd never showed up or they right. never sent you them. You sent them the money. He said, you can get them kicked off. He's like, trust me. He said, it's all about reputation. <laughs> I was like, that's. And, and reputation, because that's the consistent money. Right. You, that, right. One if it's time. If it's that, a one time hit. That, those are drug. That's what drug users do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'll burn him. What the hell? I need the money right now. What about tomorrow? They're, they're yeah, just, listen, happened. yeah, you're, you're just, they're just trying to make it to tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I make it that far, I'm good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. It says, well, who's the smartest criminal of all time in our opinion, your opinion? What? The smartest? The smartest criminal of all time in your opinion. Um, that I've met? I wonder if it's, should I met? I, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me read it again. I have as much information as you have. Um, 
uh, let me think. Smartest criminal. Should we should we go with just con man? Um. Well, uh, he says criminal, so that could be anything. Yeah, these guys—they don't know how. Like, you gotta be specific, you know, because there are con men that we love, and there's criminals that we love. So maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should take it first. I would say, um, and 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 I want to kind of make it someone famous and not someone that we've met, because there's someone we met, then they're not gonna know who they are. You know what I'm saying? And we're gonna kind of give a half-ass layout of their story. So someone smartest criminal, like someone famous. Wise, I would say, um, because I've I've seen a couple of episodes of American Greed where a couple of people I thought were smart that they pulled off a stunt, but famous. I'm going to say, what's the guy's name that flew up in the airplane? DB Cooper. DB Cooper. Assuming he. Assuming he didn't die, true. Like you know, but he may if he if it would be DB Cooper if he actually got away with it. That's, I don't know if it's so much smart as it's just ballsy. It is ballsy to get up there with that money after you rob that bank. Right, right. is 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 extremely and never do it again. Right. Oh, huh? DB DB Cooper was a ba- so sad, bro. How old are you? It's, oh my God! See, that's I I. You know, they're children, bro. They don't know it. Well, he, ch- was I mean, he in the 60s, 70s? I know, he? but everybody knows who D.B. Cooper is. It's huge. It is huge. D.B. Cooper was a a very stylish bank robber. He was one of those, like they call very courteous. When he robbed the bank, you know, he would walk in in a, in a very nice suit and he'd sit down and say, good. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm but he wasn't mind. a D.B. He wasn't in a bank. He, no, when, when he, he had the funds on him. No, I know, but I mean, you were saying bank robber. But he didn't really rob a bank. He real he robbed the airline. He robbed the air. I thought he robbed the bank. Oh my god! All right, listen, stop, stop, stop. Right, sorry, Let, stop. Listen, okay, okay. Um, so, all right, so back in the seventies, you didn't get searched when you got on a plane, right? They're not patting you down. There's no metal detectors you're walking through. So I want to say it was late 70s, 76 or 78, 70, 70, 77. Yeah, something like that. So he dressed in a suit, smoked cigarettes. You could smoke on planes too, by the way. So in a section. Yeah. He went up, he went up and got into a plane, was flying over the United States somewhere, somewhere in the West. Um, in the Northwest or maybe, Midwest, maybe in the Midwest. Jewel thief. I, I, no, I can't believe you don't believe this. You don't know this. So what happens is he gets on there and he gets on the plane and when the um, he ordered a couple of drinks, was smoking a cigarette, and when the uh, stewardess came, they call them flight attendants now. Back then they were stewardesses. I'm going stewardess. They were fem- fem- females. But they were, the stewardess comes and he says to her, he, he says, he gives her a note. And he says, don't be nervous. And he, my car. Oh, does it? Yeah. Well, good. He gives her a note and it says to tell the pilot that he has a bomb and he's going to blow up the plane and he shows her the bomb. No, he's got a briefcase. He opens the briefcase and shows and her the bomb. sticks of dynamite. Like what really they were like, look, you know, it may have been nothing. Knowing this guy, it probably was nothing, but it definitely wires or the whole thing. I mean, it looked exactly like what you thought a bomb looked like. He was like, boom. She was like, oh. and he, 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 and it, he said, gave her a piece of paper and it, on the, it just said to tell the pilot that I've got a bomb and that he needs to land at like Dulles, you know, airport. 
and unload all the plane, everybody on the plane except for the uh, the the except for the um, oh, the staff. It's right. right. Staff. I said staff. What the crew? Except for the crew and everybody, but all the passengers can go. And that he wanted. It was a weird amount. It was like a hundred and ninety. It was like two hundred thousand or two hundred one thousand. It was a right. weird, like odd number. Like not half a million, not whatever. It was reasonable. So it's like two hundred. I want two hundred thousand dollars. And they were. She was like, okay. She goes, tells the pilot. He lands the plane. He tells you know makes an announcement. We're we're going to be landing here. They don't know why. Like they're not supposed to land there. Like they land there. Okay. They unload everybody. And then it takes an hour or two to get the money. Now, while this is happening, the FBI, they, they get the money together and they start writing the serial numbers down of all the bills. So there's like 10 FBI agents just writing down serial numbers, writing them down, writing them down, right? Like they didn't have copy machines there. Like they had copy machines, but not there. They couldn't do it fast enough. So they're, they're writing them down. They got like half the bills or something like that. And they end up giving him the money and then they take off. Well, when they take off, he has, so your flight plan is listed on cards. This is why they believe that D.B. Cooper actually was a pilot. Because he gives them, he gives the, he gives them cards. To give to the. To give the pilots. And says the, he wants to, tower. Yeah, yeah. he wants to land in like Mexico City. And so once he gives them to him, they come back and they go, we would have, we need to, we don't have enough fuel. We'd have to land. And refuel. And refuel. He's like, nah. says, absolutely not. So then he picks another airport that's still, so if Mexico City's here and it's here and it's a straight line, he picks another an, another airport that will be basically is in the same line. He's like, okay, then here. Right. So, and by the way, this whole time, they've now got like F-14s or F-whatever behind them, right? So they're right. kind of flying around them and flying and not really scaring them, but keeping an eye on them. So at some point he now knows once he knows where they're at, at some point he gives another card to the stewardess and says, and it says, I want you to bring the plane down to this altitude. Right. And I want you to, and I forget he wanted him to do something else. Oh, and slow it down to this speed. And they were like, he, they were like, he slowed it down just enough so that it wouldn't stall, so they could still maintain speed. Right. So they did that, and when he realized, okay, I'm now there, he waited and waited and waited. He went in the back. He had, when he asked for the money, he also asked for two parachutes, by the way. <laughs> so he wraps up the money in one parachute. Supposedly, he may have also kept it. Um, he had some on him. Actually, you know what? He didn't. You know what? He, he kept the money on him. On him. Yeah, he, right, yeah. you're right. Because what he did was the one parachute, he cut up the strings because when they got it back, it was all cut up. He'd used the, the risers. He'd used them to help tie him around. Right. Okay, and then he used the other parachute and he jumped out of the plane. Now, back then, the plane that he happened to be on, the, they, it had a rear staircase that opened from the rear. Because face it, you can't jump out the side of an airplane. Right. Like that, because you'll right. It's it's too fast. You'll hit the wing like where the where they were. Um. So this happened to have a rear steel staircase. So he opens it, and the pilot said he remembered exactly because he said it. An indicator light went off. He wrote down like where. Okay, boom! Right here, something's happening. The back staircase went open, and then they heard it when he jumped off. They knew when he jumped off because they said he stood there for a while. When they knew when he jumped off because when he jumped off the staircase, slung back up and hit the back of the plane. They said they heard a boom. 
And they were like, oh, wow, what, the, what was that? <laughs> um, so they figured that's when he jumped off and it, it went up and smashed and hit the plane. Um, and that was it. He jumped. He has never been found. There were tons of rumors. But about 10 or 15 years later in two uh, in. I want to say it was, it was, it was probably, you know what, it maybe it was like in the eight mid eighties, a little boy was building sandcastles at the side of a river and he found like four, like 30 or 40,000 or 50. I don't know the exact amount, but he found a ton of money, not like a little bit of money. <laughs> like it's not like it's not that he jumped out with 200,000, let's say, and the kid found like five grand the kid found like 40 or 50 grand like it was a chunk of money and so the kid found a bunch of money i forget exact exact amount i could be wrong but i think it was a good chunk of money he found them wrapped up and it was db cooper's money like they found the they actually it had the the serial numbers and everything oh they've never been found there's there's rumors that some of those serial numbers were in circulation like some of those bills have been in circulation yeah it wasn't like now it wasn't like now where like they could actually track it. Like suddenly they put it in the bank and the federal, when it goes through the federal reserve or something like, boom, Hey, boom, this is a Mark bill. Such, you know, it's not like that. No, um, so, but they, uh, but, yeah. you're right though. You're right. They did bring him money. He didn't, he didn't rob bank. I don't know what I was thinking about. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he robbed the, the airline yeah. and, and, and yeah, but this is the thing. Like he was so the one thing that like the sewers said about him, cause she was really the only person that had any interaction with him was same thing. You said that she, did anything stick out about you? He was extremely polite. They were like, I mean, very nice, very polite. Thank yes. you. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Don't be scared. It's going to be fine. Do, you know, let out all the pastor. Like, I don't want to hurt him. You know, very nice. Very nice. And then jumped out and disappeared. But here's the thing about that. Now, people, by the way, there was, a, you know, there was one guy, a guy that died years later, like 30, 40 years later, like 30 some odd years later, that actually told his wife on his deathbed that he was D.B. Cooper. Yes, this was all uh, recent, like ten, oh, yeah, about ten years ago. Yeah, two thousand ten, something. Oh no, no, that's another one. There've been a couple. There've been a few. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there've been a few. Like I don't know. I think there's been a couple. They actually believed that it was a pilot. By the way, there was another guy that was a pilot that the FBI had always felt like this is the guy. Like everything met up. He was in the area. He was here. He was there. It's like all these things. They were like, he's the guy that could pull it off. And he ended up getting in trouble for something else. They questioned him. He never admitted that this was who he was. I have nothing. I know what you're talking about. Um, and somehow or another, I think he ended up dying in like a shootout or something. I, I could be wrong, but but something happened where he ended up dying and they thought he may have been D.B. Cooper. They've just never known. So... So yeah, was he super smart that he got away with it? He was polite. Well, he had a style, bro. Yeah. Well, and but he, only one incident of crime. You know, like like he yeah. like I don't do the people they question like how long he planned that or if it was planned at all. Like supposedly his super wife or somebody planned. left him. It had to be planned. I mean, yeah. you would think. Oh, I know what it was too. By the way, like one of the guys that got the money that they thought it was, like literally they had talked to his relatives and like they were going to lose some house was being foreclosed on or a fa- family farm or something. He said, don't worry, I'm going to get the money. And then like a month later, he showed up with like the money. Wow. And so they're always like, to, we, they've always, always kind of assumed it was him. Like it, it really, like a lot of these things, it was circumstantial, but it still really was good. <laughs> right. You know what else reminds me? This is like DB. My whole thing is like, if he's a really a criminal, he would have done it again. It's, it's like, 
the idea that these guys that from Escape from Alcatraz, you know, the movie and the yeah. well, the real Escape, the like everybody's like, did they? Oh, they made it. They made it. And they drowned. They were all career criminals. Did, was it amazing what they did and how they got out? That was a brilliant crime. That breakout was brilliant. But they died. They all drowned trying to get through the that, through the channel. Right. The first of all, it's freezing. It's filled with sharks. And the bottom line is this: that those were career criminals that had been arrested on and off and spent their entire lives in and out of prison. They didn't escape in their forties and right. never, they didn't all go get jobs at Walmart and live out the rest of their lives. They no. didn't do that. They went out, they would have gone on to more crimes, been recaptured, been found out who they were and, and gone and back had to prison. To suffer. Yes. Right. Yes. They, they drowned. You know, I love the romanticism that they went on and got out and, and lived the rest of their lives. And, but that's not what happened. It's just, just, <laughs> just no way. Statistically, 70% recidivism and you're getting out and you can't even say who you are. Like you have to start over from scratch with nothing. Like stop, bro. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. All right. That is your question. I really felt like this was going to be more you. I'm going to stop talking so much. That's not, you, I'm just joking. <laughs> exactly. Michael Fritz. Francisky, yeah, Francisky, the mob guy that said that politicians are even less trustworthy than the mafia. As a con man, what is your opinion of politicians? Do you find it easier to see through their lies? Interesting. What do you think? I mean, I've I've bribed. I've I've my my days of dealing with politicians were back when I was in college and school, and like when I helped um, Ann Richards become governor of Texas. <clears throat> well, well, yeah, and then she lost her next term to Bush, but that that's the only time I've ever met politicians. So, um and I'm I'm like a screaming liberal, so I love them. So <laughs> I despise them and uh yeah, I don't see them as trustworthy at all. And and plus I've bribed I've bribed uh, politicians, you know? I mean, I, I actually had a Nice. Kevin White. You bribe uh, him, I beg him. So like, please change the law. But go ahead. <laughs> Ke- uh, Kevin White, you know, I, I funded this guy's entire, almost his entire campaign to become uh, a county. Uh, no, he, well, he was a commissioner. No, he was a county a councilman. Then he became a commissioner. A commissioner but yes. I, the councilman part, like I helped him become the council. Matter of fact, I funded his first, his first election and then he, then he, he tied. So then he came back for more money. So I gave him more <laughs> to break, money to break the tie. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, but he, um, yeah, he he went on and, and then eventually got. <laughs> there was an article about how the FBI had come to talk to me, right? And then there was an article about how the FBI was looking into him, and that I had I said that absolutely I bribed him. Like they have all the checks, they have everything. They've got all my co-defendants saying, yeah, we gave, Cox gave us money to give to him. They have money going to his account that came out of accounts opened in banks in the name of like Brandon Green, Michael, or I'm sorry, Lee Black, you know, David Silver, you know what I'm saying? You've got these. You've got the evidence. It's fraud. So they came and they talked to me and I'm like, fuck yeah, I bribed that dude. So he, of course, he then, when the paper called him, he said, Cox is just a jailhouse snitch trying to get out of prison. He's lying. Can you believe that? <laughs> Absolutely true. Not lying, but true. Um, but everything else is right. But the fact he said it on camera with an attitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, don't, I, never, I saw it in the paper, read in the paper. Um, here's what's funny about that is like two years later, he gets indicted for bribery. He goes to, tr- not on my case, 
but he goes to trial like a true gangster and loses. Like a true gangster. Like an idiot, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think he did, did he get 30 months or did he get, I think he did a couple, two, three years. He, he didn't like, he probably ended up doing a couple, two, three years. So he's a snitch. Now he's the. Uh, <laughs> he's selling used cars now. Good for him. Yeah, worked for the same dealership, my, ex, my uh, ex-wife's uh, husband. He worked there for, good, good worked for there for and like. That's a, that's a good job for a politician, used car salesman. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it says, was Zach's wife into crime when he met her or did he introduce her to it? Nice. <laughs> who, who wrote this question? I, I don't, that, seriously, that's just somebody he, I didn't even know. He just picked it. Col- Colby picked 89. it. Okay, so. That's probably the ex-wife is under an alias that asked the question to ask you. It's possible. All right. So, I mean, the for, heat. For light, yes. Are you sweating? Yes. Is that, it's 72. It's like the heat. The heat is rising up. From the knees? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Dubai. All right. So, um, let's just say. A lot say, of angry calls on, yes, on, in, yes. your, in your So, let's future. just say, um, no, she wasn't. No. And yes, I introduced her <laughs> to it. Did she go to prison? Yes, she did. Yeah. Uh, but, um I would say that would be my fault on camera. So <laughs> Let's all, just, it was all you. It, it was all, all you. me. You're a bad. Em- you're a bad yes. influence. I was a horrific influence. You know, yeah, yeah. big, big, bad black guy. Poor little white girl. Yeah. I have I have multiple females on uh, my case. And uh, when they were in front of the judge, they all said that I. I would that I uh, convinced them to fall in love with me and get boob jobs. And then God, I sent Matt, then no. I then I, I convinced them to commit fraud, and then I sent them all to prison, and I took the money and ran. Oh my God! You sent them to prison with big boobs. With big boobs. Yeah. Hey, cut the camera! Cut the camera! <laughs> will not be associated. I'm going with to a you. visitation somewhere. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Good times. Okay, wait. I think I messed up because this one says, "Matt, what's your next crime?" L M A O. Joking. Like that's, yeah, that's not even a question. Don't, yeah, don't play, don't play, no. bro. I can't All go right. back. Can't. All right, Matt. I may be able to help you come up with a way to pay the restitution off. Or what is this? <laughs> Some of her questions. So he screenshot stuff. I th- this guy. I get this all the time. Like, all right. I, I did you. I, I commented to that guy. I heard him in the comment. I put, okay. So what's the secret? <laughs> I was like, what, what are you holding back for? Tell that's me. Right. And, and this one, are there any legal hurdles in starting any real estate or title business due to your past convictions? If so, does this bother you or are you more excited about your new career? Can I answer that? He's more excited about his new career. Like um, for us. So my favorite line from Matt when coming out of prison is like because he had been out a year before me. So I get out and I get a phone and I, I don't understand a lot that's going on. So Matt is my, hey, do this, go to YouTube, put this, do this. When I have that problem, do this. He's telling me everything. And I'm like, I'm confused. He goes, yeah, bro. This is, I'm quoting Matt. He's like, bro, I know, bro. <laughs> it's like living in the future, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> excuse me. And that's actually what it's like. Like being gone a decade, it's like you don't, like the other day I went out with some friends to, to Chili's and, and they have a little like kiosk or, or like an iPad on the table where you order and you pay. I can't tell you how that freaked me out. I'm like, whoa. 
I couldn't even believe it. It's yeah. like, oh my God. I, That's first time I saw that. So for us, it's been gone. All this stuff is brand new. We can't even fathom that. That's what's going on. You, you know what freaked me out? The self checkout. Self self checkout. Self checkout before we left. I, I I never used it. Like it was just coming available or something. Yes. Like I've never used it. And it like, would be one or two aisles. Yeah, they it was had like self, yeah, you'd have they like had self, eight aisles open and like one or two over there that I never used. Yeah, listen. Now you go. It's like if you want to buy something at the grocery store. That's what you use. It's like, yeah, but no, I don't want to use that. Well, then you don't get to leave with your stuff because nobody's open. Like yeah, there was, I went to Walmart the other day. There's people, there's a huge line for the self checkout. None of the cashiers are open. I'm no. thinking, are you serious? They had one person standing there like this, watching everybody do their stuff. It's like that one cashier is doing six of these at a time. And you know what's bizarre about that? What's going on behind the scenes is they've got some kind of. The, the devices, the self-checkout is, first of all, there's a camera at every one of them. And, and the device warns them if, like, you scan something and you don't put it on the Yeah, scale, it's also got a go weight. Six. Yeah, it goes um, six. And they'll look at six. They, so they, they'll start watching the person. Somebody told me that, and I tried it. They go, try it. Scan something and hold it in your hand. Oh, and it, then, the, then look at the person. They'll be like, they'll be... See, to me, what, what ends up, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> what, like what happens at like Publix is if you don't put it down, it, it'll, it'll say like you didn't put it down or it'll yes. stop and like the train, you know, like there's a mistake or something. And then, so you have to kind of sit it oh, down. Oh yeah, that's annoying. Like, right. Please place item right. back in the area. Please yeah. place but, item back in the, the area. The anxiety. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the anxiety that I felt the first time I had to go and like figure out like, okay, um, you know, okay, do that. And then what's, what does it say? Okay, wait. So I scan it. Where's this thing? There was the, okay. I just, and it like did it like once or twice. I was like, oh, is it going to charge me twice? Is it going to, is it? And it was like, oh, I sat it down. I was like, oh no, it just charged me once. Like, I mean, it was just like the anxiety that I felt having to deal with that. I was like, oh, I, I, I'm not doing this again. So when I was done, I wasn't going to do it again. Then next time I did it again, did it again. Now I don't want to deal with the cashier. It's like, they got some cashier open. I'm like, I'm not dealing with that. Hey, I got have to have interaction. I have to be nice to her. I have to ask, oh, how was your day? I have to do all that. I'm not doing it. I'm self-checking. I'm yeah. self-checking. Self-checkout, 2007, like, I remember my first, my wife and I, our, my first experience with it was kind of like, we looked at each other like, it's like, it's like an invitation yeah, to steal. Yeah, this is, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll self-check out. <laughs> um, what, uh, I mean, I would say, well, what's the rest of the, of the, the question was that, what's the other um, are there any legal hurdles in you starting your real estate business? Yeah, that's that's like I have a judgment commitment that, you know, I'm not allowed to work in I'm not allowed to work in in real estate, in finance, in construction, um, in development. I'm not so I'm not there's all these things I'm not allowed to do. I'm I have a five years of paper. I've already done two years. So I have three more years of paper, it's probation. So I have three more years. And while I'm doing that, I'm not allowed to work without permission um, for any, in, in any of those fields. So, you know, I, I can't do that. And, and honestly, I like, I would love to buy houses and flip houses. And I've had multiple people come to me and say, Hey, like I can, I'll buy the house in my name. Just help me do this and help me. The problem with that is like, I, so overwhelmingly don't want to screw up, don't want to get involved in something like that. Don't want like what people don't seem to realize is like, could I do it? Make some money? Yeah. But 
if anything goes wrong along the process and my name gets brought up, then I go end up back in front of my judge and my judge is like, what are you doing? Like people don't seem to realize like if I like it's it's you know, what I like to borrow money. I've had people say, look, man, I'll put up the money to do this. or do Yeah, but what if the money gets lost? Well, bro, if it gets lost, it's not your fault. Like I've had guys come to me and say, I want to put up money to back your YouTube channel. I'm like, well, you know, you could you could sponsor a video. You know, they're like, yeah, no, no. I want like I'll I'll, I'll pay you and I'll put up the money and I'll do this. It's like, yeah, I can't do that because if if you don't get the money back no, bro. I mean, as long as you try, I, I won't blame you. What's well, easy for you to say that now, but when you lose 10 grand of your 30 grand, like when you lose 10 grand, it, all you have to do is contact my probation officer and complain. I gave Matt money. I can say, well, no, I told him this. I look, I even had him sign a contract. I even, did, and they'll, and he'll say, no, that, that's a lie. He, he didn't do this. He should have done this. He, this, he ripped me off. He, he promised me this. Like nobody's going to take my, they're not going to take my opinion. And I can't be in front of my judge saying this guy lost 20 grand or 10 grand or five grand. Or Mr. Cox lied to me. Mr. Cox, like judge isn't going to believe me. So there's huge hurdles other than just the judgment commitment. There's hurdle. And of course I like me, I can't get my real estate license. I can't get my mortgage broker's license because I have, What's called what they call an act of moral turpitude, right? I, uh, bank fraud, uh, wire fraud, lying on application, all money laundering, like all of those are like acts of moral turpitude. It's where you took advantage of someone or something. It's an act of moral turpitude. Now, if I had sold drugs, I could probably get my real estate license. <laughs> you know, if I had, if you'd murdered someone, like I know a guy that had mur- that murdered someone that got his real estate license, you know, or got his, got his mortgage broker's license. Like those aren't acts of moral turpitude. So yeah, there's, there's huge hurdles. Like, but this is the thing too. I'm excited about this. Like I'm hoping that YouTube and I'm hoping the stories that I'm hoping all of that, you know, um, blossoms into a huge career where I basically get to just do what I want to do, you know? Like, that's it. So that's a long explanation, but I think it covers it. Hey, real quick, I want to go ahead and let you guys know that this video is sponsored by Seabright Homes. And Seabright Homes is an A to Z uh, company, a real estate company that basically helps you from do everything from finding a property all the way to the purchase, to renovations, to finding a renter. They do it all for you. If you're a new investor or even a seasoned investor, it's a great opportunity. Buy houses all over the United States. Right now they've got two properties in Birmingham, Alabama. One is a three bedroom, one bath. Taxes are 840, insurance is 460 a year. It's renting out for $800. There's a net profit on that property of 11.6%. The second property is a four bedroom, two bath property. Taxes and insurance come to 840 and 460. Also, it's renting out for 850. There's a net profit on that property of 11.6%. Same thing, home inspection, which will be sent to you. It's a package deal going for $150 for both properties. They're looking for cash deals. They'll work with you on financing. They'll work with you on owner financing. So we're gonna go ahead and leave the uh, a link in the description, and that's it. Later. Y'all um, an ad? No. Was that- yeah. No. No. It's a sponsor. Someone sponsored oh, you got a video. A sponsor? Yeah. For yeah, we're gonna start. We're gonna let people start sponsoring the videos. We don't charge. I mean, we don't. We don't. It's not much. Oh. It's it's. But the point is, is that 
So like, yeah, I've, we had, I've got a, we got a buddy that owns a real estate channel that he wants to start doing real estate related videos and finance related videos on that channel. So if anybody thinks that's a good idea and they'd be interested in seeing a channel like that, where it'd be me and other people talking about just different real estate transactions and just real estate in general, and just, you know, having discussions on like, you know, you know, what's a hard money lender? How do you borrow this? Going through a transaction, talking about rooming houses and, and, you know, just all the various different aspects of real estate and maybe finance too, just finance in general. Who knows? Uh, let, let us know in the comments because, you know, I'm on the fence on whether or not to do it or not. So let me know. <laughs> and back to Zach. <laughs> all right. Was there any scam that he did just because it was cool, awesome, sexy? Who, me? I guess either I guess one of I us. I think you. I think, I mean, I think mine's... Mine was all basically real estate. The only thing I, I liked to do that I never really talk about is, and what I honestly, this is so horrible to say this, that I should have stuck with, like Becky, the chick I was on the run with for a little bit till I dished right. her. Like she used to always say, let's just do this. Let's just do this. This is easy. And I was like, it takes too long. And she's like, yeah, but it's safe. Nobody knows that you're committing a crime. That's what we should be doing. I was, I was already on the run. I'm like, they're already looking for me. What do I care if they look for me for more money? They're never going to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking jerk off. Um, so what, what I, one of the things I was doing that, I don't know if it was, I mean, it's always, listen, it's always sexy to walk in and be, be able to buy whatever you want. You're wearing whatever you want. You can get whatever you want. You're living in the, you're living the life that you think you deserve. You know, you're living in a half a million dollar condo in the middle of downtown Charlotte. You're driving a, a $50,000 sports car, which is now, now they're selling that same sports car for $80,000. You know, you know, you're just, you're living a good, a lot of fun. You're having fun. You're traveling all over the, walking through passport control. And there's like, Oh, hi, Mr. Eckert. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? You know, they're, it's great. It's, it's super. You feel like James Bond, right? But like that, the scam that I did that was probably safe and I probably should have stuck with was where we were just, we were like interviewing the homeless people. But one of the things we would do is we pull their credit. If they had no credit, we just get three secured credit cards, make the payments. And in six months, we would have 700 credit scores and we would turn around. We'd go to American General. Do you remember American General? Yes. The loan. Are they still around? And, and they had the little shops in the shopping center. Yes. Where you'd yes. walk in and they'd have like three little yes. finance specialists. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I remember so, American General. Yeah. So at <laughs> they six, were everywhere too. They were. They were. And so well, they were. And so were. Um, there was one more. Yeah. No. Green. Si, was si, si, well, yeah. You're, you're thinking like Green Tree or something. Or there was it's City Citibank or Citigroup. Citigroup had the same type of American yes. General thing. Now, I don't know if American General is still around, but what we used to no. do is at six months. All online. Go ahead. At six months, I would go into American General and I go into Citigroup and I would give them a pay stub. And like they, one of them would lend me like $5,500 and the other one would lend you $7,500. So, you know, right then, you know, you've got $13,000. Plus you've got these little credit cards, which you st- I started for 200 bucks and 400 bucks, and I, but I don't owe anything on those. But those, that's what created the 700 credit score. So now I got $13,000 and then I would just make the payments and I would wait and wait and wait. And then it, at one year, 
I met the minimum guidelines that set by like Fannie, like I'm sorry, by Freddie Mac and Fannie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for to borrow money from from them for um, for a personal loan. And it was up to $15,000. So then I would turn around and I'd go to like three different banks and I'd borrow 15,000, 15,000, 15,000 from three different banks. There's that actual- Backed by Fannie Mae? Is that what it is? Well, I don't know. It's set by, I want to say it's set by like Fannie Mae or the, the Fed or someone like that right. is setting, that sets this where you can go to Bank of America, like any FDIC insured bank lends you that money based off of one of these institutions. I'm not sure which one it was. Okay. So- you can borrow that money. So I go to like three, now that's 45 grand. I've made 45 grand, you know, based on a pay stub. So I've got that money. Then I would also run up the credit cards because now I've had these credit cards for a year. They're already giving me my deposits back. So I would immediately apply for like a Bank of America card and they'd give you like 15 grand. And then you'd apply for like, let's say SunTrust or whoever, Capital One, they'd give you five grand. Somebody else would give you 10 grand, right? Then suddenly your score is now starting to go down. So then you go and you start, you, you get denied for, or you get a card for like $2,000. Once we knew, okay, now we just got a credit card for $2,000. I was like, okay, great. Let's hit Home Depot. Let's hit the gap. Let's hit. So then you start hitting department store cards. They give you like a thousand, two thousand $2,000. Then, you know what I'm saying? Then you get to the point where it's like denied, denied. Like everybody just starts denying you. You realize your credit scores are just dropped down to nothing. But when you added it all up, it was like, whatever it came to, let's say $70,000 in basically in, in, or like 70,000 in cash. Cause you could take those credit cards and you could get cash, cash advances yeah. or you could, and, and then it ended up plus the department store cards like Dillard's or whoever you could, you had 2000, a thousand, whatever, 1500, you know, but you got like the gap Dillard's Birdines, you know, all these sacks, you know, you right. go in there and you're just like, <laughs> rah, 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 you're just running them up. So it ends up total, Merchandise plus cash is like a hundred grand. Yeah, you made a hundred grand in a year. Product and money in a year in, in one year worth of work. Right, and on so one person, one person. So, what, so you, what Becky was saying was, let's do twenty people, and I was like, I don't want to wait a year. I was like, I could take that one person, and I can go get a million dollars in real estate, in mortgages, and I can do that in a month. Like, why <laughs> would I in a month? And she's like, Yeah, but then when we don't pay, the FBI shows up. I'm like, but, but see, at that time, I was like, but they're already looking for me. So what do I care? And she was just like, oh, God, forget it. There's no talking to you. You know, it was just it was just arrogance and stupidity and just it was just, just obnoxious. But that's not. Well, I was going to say that's not what caught you. So it doesn't. No, it didn't, but didn't that was but that was. Listen, listen. And I should, absolutely shouldn't say it. that was fun. Yeah. Like you got, they got the, you got a driver's license or an ID. I never would get a driver's license as those guys. I'd get like an ID. So I'd walk in and I'd. You know, you just, what do you want? Well, get it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get whatever. I'll get this, this. You know, you have just tons of just st- stupid stuff, underwear and T-shirts and you're buying blue jeans for two, three hundred dollars a piece. And it's like, you know, that's just stupid. Three hundred dollars for a pair of blue jeans. <laughs> well, my my sexy crime was um, I figured out that if you were going somewhere out of town, let's say you were taking a trip to let's say Arizona. And I was going to, I go, look, let me pay your hotel room. Well, then the the hotel that you were staying in would ask me to fax over a copy of my ID and a front and back of my credit card. Right. 
and they would punch the card number in and they would cover your room and incidentals. So you could go to the room, stay there, eat whatever you want to eat and, and, and so, so far. And then I found out that even in Las Vegas, not only could I cover your room and incidentals, but I could also give you $2,000 credit in the casino using, nice. using a card. So, of course, you know, computer generated. So if I was able to buy MasterCard or credit card numbers, I'd have a computer generated front and back of ID, front and back of credit card. And we would just alter the numbers and fax it to the hotel. So anybody that wanted to go anywhere, I, yeah, yeah, I, don't worry about it. I got your room and board. So I just fax it over to them. It became kind of a, a fun way to take care of your friends. Are you going to Vegas? Hey, I'm going to shoot you $2,000. Just give me half of what you win. <laughs> so that was our kind of fun, sexy. My, my, my wife led that pretty much. They'd always call her for a room. Hey, we need a room. We got you. <laughs> At the fanciest place in town. <laughs> yeah. Big shots. $300 a night. All right. It says, what was the scam that you planned and never got to do? Is there any scheme, old or new, that makes you itchy just thinking about it? Yeah, I have one. I got like four that just kill me. All right. You're going to hit all four? No, I can't hit all four. I can't hit all four. (laughs) I can't. what's, What's the pinnacle of that? Um. I, I don't want you didn't do it right you no I didn't I didn't do it but the problem it's it's like it's come up since I've been incarcerated since I was incarcerated so I think to myself like I would watch TV and think no it can't be that easy and my 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 crimes primarily consisted of um like you know like um, financial institution crimes like like to me I went out of my way to try to not like take somebody's house you know what I'm saying like I was like eh, that's easy that's this but like I I, I was like eh, I'm just gonna go ahead and get the money from Bank of America and I'll then that they'll be you know but then in the end I realized that once I was sentenced and once you go through the process you realize that they're going to make you look like a monster no matter what. Like you're thinking, oh, I, but I spared this. I did. I could have done this. I didn't do it. doesn't matter what you didn't do. So it's like you might as well just mow down everybody. Like right. because you're going to end up, if you get caught, you're done. Yes. There's, they, they, have, they have no, there's, they don't hold back at all. They make you sound horrible. And everybody does. Like I'm doing a, a documentary. I'm going to go film this documentary. And they contacted, they're like, well, we really like to talk to your, your victims. You know, can you think of any victims that we could get on, you know, on camera and we would like to just, you know, for, for the documentary, just kind of show the other side. I said, absolutely. Sure. So it shouldn't be hard at all. Oh, you have their numbers. I said, well, I don't have their numbers, but it shouldn't be hard to find somebody at bank of America that's willing to, to be interviewed or someone that maybe used to work at SunTrust or someone that worked at, uh, oh, I said, gosh, um, countrywide. I was a, I owe them a couple million. And they went, well, no, we were thinking more, um, we were thinking more like, you know, individuals. And I went, well, there's four individuals that lost money, but I didn't like directly scam them out of money. I didn't go to them and say, give me $200,000 and then take off with it. Like I got them to owner finance their house, you know, and then I borrowed money on their house and they 
filed, they hired an attorney and they got their house back. So did I cause them some financial problems? Absolutely. But it wasn't like a scam directed to get money from them. So I'm not sure how that really, that way they weren't my intended victims or marks. Right. So I said, but there's only four of them. There's like 60 institutions. I said, so if you want a, a good sampling of who the, my victims were, well, then I would go talk to someone like Bank of, someone from Bank of America. And they were like, um, do, what do, you, do you know the names of the four people? They weren't the people. Right. And I, it's like, no, I mean, you're, you're a documentary company. Like, you're, you're trying to do a legitimate, newsworthy documentary that is, is unbiased, then you would want to no. go with the largest sample of no. people. No. Like that, but you wouldn't want to talk to those four people. They don't, re- what's representative is the financial institutions. Well, I, I know it's, you know, we would just prefer like, so what are their names? And I thought I'm sitting there thinking, right. It was the same thing with the government. The government didn't, they didn't march anybody from Bank of America into, to when I was being sentenced. They found some guy who had lost $4,000, who was a, a, an accountant. It was a CPA, owned his own CPA company, had several rental properties that were all $200,000 pieces of property, and he spent $4,000 for an attorney to get his house back. Well, he, I never took the house out of his name, actually. Just really, he spent four grand, gave an attorney four grand to talk to the banks and get that cleared up. So they didn't march Bank of America executives in to say, Mr. Cox uh, caused us some real issues. They marched him in, and he screamed and hollered and yelled and said, oh, my life is ruined. My credit's ruined. I didn't use your credit. Your life isn't ruined. It's $4,000. You know, I mean, I did what I did was fucked up and I agree I'm a scumbag, but come on, stop it. You know, he's the guy that said he left a statue in the middle of the room screaming. The scream. He was taunting me. I left it in the garage. I did not leave it in the, stop lying. In the lying. middle of the living room. And I can't say anything. I have to sit there with my lawyer going, I'm like, this guy's lying. And don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. And I'm like, oh my God. The judge is looking at me like, you bastard. And, and I'm you thinking, the nerd to be mad. are you serious? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's the same thing. So it's like, to me now, if I were to say, you know what, I'm not, I spare no one. Like to me, I would just go out and I would rent a piece of property. I would go rent a piece of property. So I'm going to go rent your half a million dollar house. And the, an easy scam is I just go downtown and I satisfy any loans that are in that house, uh, on the house. I right. create satisfaction of mortgages. I then transfer the deed out of, that house's, out of that house to someone that I know, someone I have control over, right? Like a fake ID, whatever. Because think about it. I don't even have to show up at closing. You know what I mean? Like I don't necessarily even have to show up. And I, if, if the, all I really need is an ID. I can go on any, there's, there's tons of websites. You can get them from Russia, from China. You can get them all over the place. You just order an ID. So I could even get the, the ID of the homeowner. Go open a bank account in his name. So the point is, is that I could either transfer the deed or open that thing. As long as there's no mortgages on the property and I can satisfy those, I can then call one of those companies that buys your house. There are these companies that now will buy your house in like five days or you know, above market value or at market value. We'll send out an appraiser. Great, it's a $500,000 house that has no liens on it. I have an ID in the name of the, of the person who owns it. And I don't even have, we don't even have a closing. It's all done. It's, it's all going to be done online. 
And where do, where do I want the money sent? Why are the money here? So you never see me. Nobody ever sees. I can rent the house through over the phone. Right. I can do a, a vir- oh, I know. I, oh, you have a virtual tour? Oh, the house is great. I want to rent it. Sure, here's a couple thousand dollars for the first month's rent. You know, 3000 for the first month's rent. Here's a couple thousand dollars deposit. Le- mail me the key. I'm going to go ahead and... Um, you know, uh, I can call, uh, I can, I can go ahead and then go downtown. Satisfy, like they don't ever have to see me. I can go downtown, satisfy the loans. I can then make a phone call to these, one of these online companies. And then I can sell that same house to four different companies at the same time. If I close all of them on the same day, open up multiple bank accounts and then have them wire the money into the bank accounts. Suddenly, bam, there's if it's a half a million dollar house and they buy it for 400,000, I mean, that's still gonna be 1.6 million. Right. Let's say they buy it for 500. So you could do that in the name of, you could do, I could go do that with four different houses. You know, you could end up with, I could end up with five or $10 million and it would literally take, if I did it casually, a month? Let's say two months. And I could have $10 million in the bank. Right. You know, now the whole problem is how do I get the money out of the bank? But that's not that hard. So, you know, didn't know it then. But like to me, it's like guys are always like, you ever think about fraud? I think about fraud every day. <laughs> like every time I every time I think I drive by Starbucks and think, I, yeah, bro, I can't. I, I can't get another Starbucks. It's like five bucks a day, six bucks a day. I'm, it's $150 a, a month. Like that's, I can't do it. I can't, I'm not doing it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, there's all kinds, like I'm constantly, you know, I'm going out to my car, I've, it's, you know, it's like, this isn't what I want to drive, you know, this isn't what I want, where I want to, where I could be this, I could be that, I could be that, but, you know, it's, it's like, you have to sacrifice. Anything worth having is worth that, that money spent so quick, none of it's left, none of it's around anymore, the people that were all involved with me, none of those people want to take my calls, the people that I feel like I contributed to sending them to prison want to hang out with me. <laughs> because they understand right. the people that almost went to jail and should be thankful don't want to talk to you. That's, that's how it is for me. Might be different. So yeah, so is that a, a, a crime? That's a, a crime that did not, was not possible when I was originally, wasn't, it was possible, but it would have been more interaction. Like now I could do that whole crime over the internet. By a cell phone and over the internet, I could commit that entire crime. And never be seen. Never went to a closing. Never They would never have my picture. Nothing. The FBI would be in secret service. They would be running around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to figure out what the hell happened. And keep in mind, too, it would be months before they even knew what happened. Because it could be, you could do that for five or six months. Like, I could keep paying the rent and keep paying the mortgages. So it could be six months before you stop paying everybody and they all start to figure out, okay, we... We have to hire, we have to foreclose. They go to foreclose and they find out, hey, there's like four or five different loans on this property or there's multiple people on the property or let's right. say it's a month or two and realtors start showing up to sell the property. They bump into each other. So, I mean, you could keep that loan, you could keep that going for, well, not six months. You could if you borrowed money. That's why I used to like to borrow because I could make a couple payments. Right. Um, but if you sold it, you probably would have at least a month, maybe two months before the people started figuring out what happened. <laughs> but <sighs> it's not going to happen. Well, my um, un, un, 
Just committed me, crime. Give me a second. <laughs> you, know, you all right? You going to be all right? <laughs> My uncommitted crime was, has to do with, um, we had a, a, a friend that had a friend, I guess, just to make it a long story short, we had a friend that had a friend that worked in the front office in Michigan. I've got the city for Kellogg's. Was it Kellogg's or Post? Anyway, for one of the large um, cereal companies. So um, what had happened was what we had been doing for a minute is like we'd get access to some of these business checks. And what we do is we would start a business close to that check, to the name on the check. Right. And then just drop the check in there. Like you get a twenty, thirty thousand dollar check, like somebody that works somewhere and go, hey, you know, I seen where they paid my company thirty thousand. All right, we'll take that check. We're going to start a business and you just give us the check and we'll deposit it and we'll give you like four or $5,000. Well, this girl had access to the checks where Publix, and I want to, it's either Kellogg's or Post, it won't come to me, I think I'll think it in the middle, had access to the checks where Publix paid Kellogg's. Your ex-wife probably knows. <laughs> we could ask her. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. It'll be in the comments now. Yes. Yes. It hopefully. Was, it hopefully. was I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give her your number. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not getting. <laughs> <laughs> good times. All right. So, yeah, good times. So, she saw the checks where like Publix or Winn-Dixie paid Kellogg's for their supply of, of, of cereal. So, can you imagine the size of those checks? I don't know, Talking a couple hundred thousand, million, millions, like millions. Seven, eight million dollars. And, and this was back when they were paying in checks. Right. So the thought of that was like, huh, okay, that's going to be a different animal to take on. That's not something that we could just, hey, this is a brand new company. We got a seven million dollar check. Nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was getting ready to get prepped and ready to receive that payment. And like we were arrested before then, but like, but so upsetting, <laughs> right? The, the preparation went as far as to like talking to the person that was providing the check about, okay, you're going to need to quit, you yeah. know? And like, like, like once this is deposited and goes through, you're going to need to go ahead and tell them, Hey, I, I'm out of here. Cause you don't want them asking you because, you know, employers will, when they call you in, like, hey, like, hey, go ahead and log out of your computer. Can we holler at you real quick? That's normally the arrest because what they do is they talk to you enough and maybe claim you said something to confess and they arrest you. Whereas if they're calling you from home, you're like, well, I'll be there when I get my lawyer. If you're on premises, you can't. Hey, I want a lawyer. You right. Know? You're just trying to trying to talk your way out of it. So you. Yes. Because it's your job. You know, so I mean, the preparation for that, that, that never actually happened. So. It's just one of those things that keeps me up at night. I'm like, man, if that had happened, you know, maybe everything would have been different. <laughs> or it would have just been another million dollars on your indictment. Or it would have been another, well, I'd still be in. I think I'd be calling you for oh, money. Yeah. <laughs> what's but the, what's this that's, one? that's it. That's the last one? Well, they, they said to tell a story about grocery shopping, but I think we did that. Self-checkout. Oh. 
No, that wasn't the, there was actually a guy in the comment section that said, bro, I could listen to your stories all day. I could listen to your stories. About grocery shopping. Yeah, he said something like, yeah, he said, uh, I could, what, what did he say? What does it say? This one says. It says, I should actually, oh no, this is what you said. I love every story you tell. You could tell a story about grocery shopping and you'd be able to make it interesting. Keep it up. But you told a story about self-checkout. No, this is actually, I, this is a different one. Like, cause I, I, I actually, I was like, I actually have a story. I should actually about- tell a story about going to the supermarket just to see what happens. I actually have a very, a, a very short, funny story about going to the supermarket uh, recently. Only because, cause I thought about this was hilarious. I was walking around. So, so Allison calls me, right? This chick calls me and, and she had just finished reading my book. And so I FaceTimed with her. I'm walking, I'm in the grocery store. She FaceTimed and I was like, I'm walking down the aisle. Nobody's in Publix. This is like at like 10, at like 9.30 or 10.30 in the morning. Like nobody's there. So I'm walking, I look and I, I go, Boop, you know, I go, hey, what's going on? Actually, it was super early. It was probably, it was probably in, it, around 8, 8.30. So I, I go, hey, what's going on? She's like, hey, what's going on? I just finished your book. And I was walking into the, uh, to where the cashier is, Right. And so I walk into where the cashier is and I'm unloading my groceries, right, right, right. And she's, oh my God, I totally didn't know that, um, she's, I totally didn't know that Amanda was, what was, uh, was bi- um, bipolar, um, uh, was, uh, uh, what is it when you like guys and chicks was, uh, bisexual. uh bisexual. She goes, I, she goes, I totally didn't know that Amanda was bisexual. She goes, what's with you in these, this is FaceTime. So she's screaming and she goes, what's with you in these bisexual chicks? I mean, there was so-and-so and so-and-so and now you're dating Jess and she's bisexual. I go, whoa, whoa. I'm going, Hey, 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 I'm trying to tell her, Hey, 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 stop, 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 stop. <laughs> like there's somebody behind me. The cashier stopped and looked at me. I turn around. There's this woman holding her baby. Like, <laughs> and I'm don't going, look at him, honey. And I'm going, Hey, 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 Hey. And she wouldn't stop talking. And she goes, oh my God, what's with you? She goes, I mean, you must really have a thing for that. I go, hey, hey, I said, what, what are you doing? And she goes, what? I go, I'm in the cashier. I'm in the line. I'm at the grocery store. I'm, I'm at the cashier now. I said, what she goes, oh gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Oh my God. <laughs> she saw me walking through the aisle. I mean, you had to know where I was. And I was like, all right, I call you back. Call you back. And I hung up the phone. I was like, hey, uh, this and that. And the, the cashier, she couldn't stop grinning at me. She was like a 21-year-old chick, like giggling and smiling and Anyway, so that was my, that was how I was thinking to myself. I was like, I walked out, called Allison back. I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? I didn't know. That's my, uh, it's like, yeah. and you never did answer the question. <laughs> so they just, what did she say? Actually, she, actually, she did say, she said, we well, you know what it is. She goes, you're not like a really macho guy. They feel safe with you. That's what it is. I was like, okay. She goes, you know, you're kind of a dandy. All right, all right. A yeah. dandy? You ever heard of dandy? No, what is it? It's from the 1920s. That's what the guys that were really, like they call it metrosexual, like a guy that's concerned about how he looks and they call him, oh, he's a bit of a dandy. He's I have never, from, no. I've seen the movie Yankee Doodle Dandy, but I, I've never heard what that. What are you talking about, man? A, a dandy? D-A-N. <laughs> I haven't turned mine back on now, you All right, so Ooh. definition, Danny, a man unduly uh, devoted to style, neatness, and fashion in dress and appearance. <laughs> nice. Ooh, the vocabulary. Ooh. Nobody ever uses dandy. Who's using dandy? I am from here on out. Here. Well, you're a bit of a dandy, aren't you? <laughs> I think you look dandy. <laughs> um, okay, what are we doing? That's it? Is that it? For, for the questions. Yeah. Wrap it, yeah, I'll just wrap this one up.
All right. Do the, you want to do the? Uh, this one'll probably be short. You can do the. You can do the roundup. No, we're, I mean, he said you're wrapping it up. You you gonna do the wrap up? You want you want to say? <laughs> hey. Right. Oh, okay. Hey, this is Mac. No, uh, um, I just say, uh, yeah. Um, you know, somebody actually said, "Don't like, yeah, bro. You don't have to beg for uh, subscribers." Well, you're wrong about that, bro. <laughs> I'm begging for subscribers. So share the video, hit the like button, hit the bell. Don't be a jerk. Don't just hit the uh, subscribe. But I'm not gonna hit the. Listen, if you don't watch the videos, you're just, it's not. It's it's no good. So hit the bell. Do the algorithm thing. Another guy said, bro, you stole the algorithm thing from Graham Stephan. I did. That's what I do. So hit the, so uh, leave a comment for the, for the, what is it? The, uh, the gods of the algorithm, or he says something about the, the, the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. Yeah. The almighty algorithm. Uh, so, so hit the, uh, hit, uh, share, leave a comment, send the bit, share the video, do do the right thing. I got a book. Nobody's watching this. At this point, nobody's watching. You got to be like a hardcore fan to have gotten this far. Like, trust me, we lost them when I started talking about the supermarket. We uh-huh. probably lost like 80% of the guys long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. So I'm like, you must do a hell of a cleanup job on that closing. <laughs> hey, no, dude. He's going to go that, straight. That, <laughs> listen, they... <laughs> so... Listen, I need to do the Wes Watson thing. I need to, you, you know, Wes Watson, I got to watch this guy. I'm going to show you this guy. This is the guy that you, you didn't want to be in prison with. It's, it, it's the, he, he's got a, the whole time he's got his arm like this. He's tatted up. He's all huge and everything's terrifying looking. And the whole At time. The low? No, this is, he's got a YouTube channel. He's got like oh. half a million subscribers. Oh, okay. And he, the whole time he, he's like, as soon as I got to the, as soon as I got to the pin, I went straight on the yard. I went right to the shot caller and I told him, I'm ready to do my duty. You let me know what you need from me. I'm here from you. And I said, and they said, well, you got your paperwork. I said, I carry my paperwork with me. I went into the bathroom and I, I had that shit suitcased and I pulled it out and I washed off the bag and I went back and I said, here's my paperwork. He looked at the paper paperwork and he said you're the guy i said you're damn right i'm the guy <laughs> and then that was it he does this whole thing and the whole, listen i get so much anxiety watching this guy's videos i'm just like this is and listen, who the they, hell he has half a million oh, viewers oh my god it's ridiculous bro then they've got like the best of west watson they're hilarious i mean i can watch the best of what because he says hilarious like it's total intimidation screaming insanity but comical He's like, he's like, he's like some guys like that, you know, and I got some, some you know, I, I can read your fucking comments and, you know, but Wes, Wes, what if I have asthma? What if I have, have you better fucking stow that shit, motherfucker. Man up. You're going to put in some work. Is this like, oh my God, Wes, what if I have anxiety? Toughen up, bitch. You know, it's like, Jesus, horrible, bro. Horrible. So if you like the video and he, this whole, if you, like, up, if, you, if you like the video, subscribe, like he ain't doing none of that. He's not, this guy's not. I had a guy literally tell me like, bro, you got to do Wes Watson. I'm, Are you out of your fucking mind? You don't want to. Wes Watson would beat my ass. Wes Watson, I'm the opposite of Wes Watson. I'm the guy Wes Watson doesn't like. He doesn't want. He's, I got. It would be a bad situation. It'd be almost, it'd be 10 times worse than the big Herc interview. He wanted to hurt me. 
living in your little fantasy like nobody's telling. What are you doing? Do your time. All right. So anyway. All right. That's it. And uh, listen, buy a T-shirt. I need to get a T-shirt. Remind me, I'll buy a T-shirt. And I need to start wearing a T-shirt. Yeah, you and a book. A t-shirt. And a book. And I got a book, and it's on Audible. I got a couple books. I got like four or five books on Audible. Who reads your book on Audible? Bro, I had another guy read it because, you know, I'm really, my reading is just not good. <laughs> not good. Anyway, yeah, it's a good book, though. Audible, got the whole thing. I got physical copies. I'll sign a copy, whatever. All right, that's it. See ya. Peace.